CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag leadership. Today's topic is leadership and smiles. And our guest for today's show is Brian Huggerbrook, who is the CIO with Valdosta State University. How are you, Brian? I'm great, Sanjo. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, the pleasure and honor is all ours, and congratulations on your Computer World 2015 award. Thank you. Definitely. Now, uh, we, we, as uh, our listeners know, we've done quite a few shows on leadership where we've discussed what it takes to become a successful leader and also to bring that sustained growth and profitability to the organization they serve. However, what we have perhaps not discussed is what does it take for us to retain the smiles on faces of those people who work in the same organization or maybe as partners, but here the scope is more within the same organization, who work tirelessly throughout that journey and make that success happen. So you may have a lot of success overall, but if it is a painful experience for the employees, is it truly worth it? So what does it take for the leadership and organization to join hands and make sure that the employees, the people, the very crew who makes all of this happen and make it a reality, they are not left behind and they also have a pleasurable experience. So so, so to that, Brian, the first question I have for you is that leader is supposed to create a vision or rather paint a vision and get everyone excited, totally understand it, and they should be doing something meaningful in order to do that. When it comes to the actual execution, that is after that fun-filled launch party is over, what is it that should be happening where a leader is making sure that not only the organization's own goals are being uh, being put at a, at a, as a preference, it is also keeping employees' own agendas, etc., in mind. It's, it's first I see is again as you mentioned, is connecting uh, the goals of that project or that initiative to the overall uh, arching organization goals. Uh, but it's really once you kind of after that launch party, as you mentioned. With IT in particular, you have multiple teams, and they're all different. Uh, one of the teams I really focus on a lot is our infrastructure team, and a lot of times they're the ones who are doing a lot of the hard work uh, behind the scenes. They rarely get noticed. And so it's really important, number one, to create that vision, get that excitement going, um, but also make sure that everyone's aware of the goals of that project, um, how this goal is going to benefit the organization, what is it going to look like once it gets to completion. Uh, but it's also important to celebrate the milestones along the way, so um, whether that's uh, weekly or monthly, but always continuing to provide that support to all the different teams or individuals that are involved, um, but just keeping them 
motivated, making sure that they're aware of, hey, this is important to the company, uh, this is an important goal that's going to help us achieve our mission, whether that's a financial mission or me being in education, for us, a lot of our missions um, is to improve student success. So it's really important. Um, but it's also important to acknowledge that roadblocks are going to occur. Um, if In all major IT projects, uh, you're going to encounter some stumbling blocks, uh, some issues that we're unaware no matter how much you plan. And just be upfront and know, hey, we are going to encounter some issues, but we're going to work through those. And that's an importance also of making sure that your employees have that agility, um, but being around, being present as a leader um, so that they can uh, get through those hard times. And it's important for leaders to always show the strength and confidence in their teams, um, always provide that encouragement. And there's sometimes even, you know, leaders are going to get anxiety when projects are getting near the timeline. There seems like there may be issues that come up, but it's always important to really never show that anxiety to the employees because, uh, you know, they really pay attention to your emotions and your feelings. And if you're always showing that excitement, you're always showing them uh, you have the 100% confidence that they're going to meet those deadlines. That really provides that encouragement for them, and it really keeps their excitement going if, you have insight, if you're insight, excited yourself as a leader. So your response to my question was primarily to make sure that the initiative is successful, and nothing wrong with that. Now let's talk about the area where an individual who wakes up in the morning, think of the life in the day of, an employee who is part of the team, which is supposed to deliver that project successfully, or at least contribute towards delivering that project successful. What do you do to make sure that person is having a pleasurable journey? And it could be a little stressful because of the fact that we are stretching them and that's part of them growing. But how do you make sure that you are, you are of course, number one, removing the obstacles, but doing something else, which will make sure that, wow, I'm totally loving it, I'm digging it, I'm enjoying this journey, versus, oh my God, I am not able to understand how long can I take this while company will make millions of dollars, but I do not know I'm really enjoying it myself. You really don't want that emotion to be pervasive or at least in pockets within that organization or the crew which is trying to help you deliver that project. Yeah, that's true, and there's a lot of research that really shows that, you know, employees need to, when they have fun, they're more engaged, uh, they're actually more productive. Um, a lot of projects uh, with IT, uh, there's going to create anxiety, especially when you're implementing a new technology that requires new training, uh, things that have never been done before. Um, there's going to be a lot of anxiety. Some employees, uh, they embrace that change, but others, they will have a hard time. And what I find myself doing a lot of times is I really get involved uh, with those teams, with the key individuals that are really going to be uh, key to that project being successful, just spending time with them, whether it's uh, during a meeting, um, that's important, but it's also more important to just spend social time with those teams, just uh, sitting in the room or sitting in a conference room, just chatting about uh, what's going on, what's important to them, um, understanding what's important to them um, in their life, not just professionally, but just socially or things that they enjoy after work. Um, so I really try to build those relationships with those individuals, uh, particularly my key directors, but as well as the key projects 
music leaders, um, building that relationship, understanding what's important to them, what makes them happy, uh, but also, like as you mentioned, removing the roadblocks, but again, showing how what they do is important to the organizations, uh, linking their skills and their background into how it's going to make the organization successful, uh, but also how it's going to highlight their skills and how it's going to move the organization forward so that they really feel that they're contributing to the organization. They really feel themselves as making a difference, uh, not only to the organization, but the technology community. One is to have a job and basically being complacent that uh, Brian says that life is good and, of course, he's going to sit down with me uh, and talk social uh, talks or small talk during a meeting or after the meeting, and I will be sitting down there and talking to him. But at the same time, I know I have got more work that I can handle. I might have to deal with a babysitter issue at home and many other things which Brian may not know of, but since he's my boss, I'm going to sit down. I'm talking to you, Brian, a situation that could very well be occurring in your, your, your own team, but you would not know the details and you would go about having that small talk with them. How do you make sure that either people are open enough with you that they tell you this is what's going on with me and I'm not able to focus on my job, or you be able to figure out proactively what may be going on and create resources working with your management so that those people are not forced to be sitting there where they could be handling some of their personal issues and when they come back, they actually have nothing else on their mind but the project that they're working on. Yeah, and that, that does happen quite often. Um, and a lot of times, uh, me being a CIO, I really won't know the personal issues of some employees. So uh, what it is important to do and what I do um, here at the university, um, I make sure to build a very strong relationship with the directors. Uh, we have key project managers, uh, but we also create team environments. So not only uh, do they have an open-door policy that they can come talk to me at any time. They can go talk to the other directors or the other supervisors. Uh, but we, you have to create an environment where people uh, feel like they can share their voice. They don't feel like if they speak up or if they complain, they're going to get punished or, uh, you know, it's going to look bad if they try to complain and not just, you know, instead of them just coming in, punching the clock every day, just trying to do what they're told, but being stressed out and being less productive. So it's really about creating that open atmosphere. Um, any staff here knows that they can come to me with any issues. Um, we do frequent surveys, so I'll send out surveys, uh, and they're anonymous, so they can say, hey, what issues are going on, what things can we do to improve. So I'm constantly um, mentioning that I have an open-door policy, but I'm getting anonymous feedback to, show, to give people an opportunity to say, hey, how can we make the workplace more enjoyable? How can we improve what we do? Uh, but more importantly, how can we make this environment the best so that we can achieve our goals? With, with all of those things that you mentioned, just, just take, let's take you back a couple of years when you were actually not the leader, but you were part of the crew. What were your expectations from your life and your work so that you had a pleasurable emotional experience working within that organization and be able to give your 110% on each project that you were assigned to? For me and my background, I started... Um 
as a programmer. So that was my background. Um, I, I'm actually an alumni for the organization I currently work for uh, through computer science. So I started out programming, and I really enjoy the excitement of always being able to do something new. With programming, um, every day it seemed that there was a new challenge. So I was never really doing the same thing day to day that you may see in some jobs. So it was really important for me, and what I did look to um, at my in my leaders at that time was uh, really challenges that where I could be creative, um, opportunities to where I could express my ideas or I could be a part of a team that really created something new and some, or something innovative. Uh, so that was really important to me more so than, you know, say having a higher title or, or you know, making more money. I mean, making money is good, but it was really what really made me happy and enjoy coming to work day after day or giving that 110% was knowing that I made a difference, but also being allowed to be creative and um, come up with new ideas and be able to share my ideas. And all ideas don't pan out or they don't work, but just having that opportunity to express myself or express my opinions and um, express my creativity and be allowed to do some things that I enjoy doing. Now, do you think the intellectual challenges that you were looking for were the core source of you having smile on your face? Because we're talking intellectual on one hand and emotional experience on the other. And they may overlap, but they do not, they're not the same. Um, I would say emotionally, um, I think one of the biggest emotional challenges uh, that I faced was really and it was kind of different. You know, as a programmer, it was more of just feeling you were a part of the team versus some of my friends at the time when I first started, um, you know, they were looking for more of a structure, somebody to support them, somebody to encourage them. Um, and, you know, occasionally at the time, especially when I first started, um, uh, when I got married or when I had kids, there was a lot of different things that happened in my life, for instance, um, uh, parents passing away. And so during those times, um, you know, I wasn't at 110% at some times. I might have been half at it uh, during certain emotional times. And what I found important was uh, that my team as well as my supervisors um, and other leaders from around the organization um, they supported me. They were aware of uh, things that may have been happening in my life or they could tell, you know, by them having that open communication and being open with us and with all the employees, uh, they could easily understand, hey, there seems to be something wrong here. Or maybe my direct supervisor didn't know, but one of my colleagues did, just by us having this open-door policy and this collaborative environment. And so it really encouraged people to reach out to me as well as I reached out to others during certain times, uh, but it really created that bonding. So it was more so, it was more than just coming to work and having co-workers they were not only co-workers but they really became friends they really became uh, almost like a family and um, that was really important to deal um, not only like I said intellectual but just dealing with the emotional stresses that you know are going to happen in life to everyone 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's ask this fundamental question. Do we really need to focus on making employees happy in our organization? Is that what the right approach to getting the employee into the right emotional state? Are we better off just helping them remove any obstacles or impediments that they may have, which may make them feel disconnected or disempowered during the journey? Would that help with that pleasant emotional experience? And if that's the case, then how does a leader know? Or how do those leaders who are working together to make organizational organization successful, what those obstacles and impediments are? Let's explore it. When we come back, please stay tuned. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Do we really need to focus on making employees happy? What about just focusing on removing uh, the obstacles and impediments that they may have and which may be making them feel disconnected or disempowered during this journey. What do you think is a best way to identify what those obstacles and impediments are so we can do the job as leaders, remove those, and as a result, we provide, bring smiles to those, those employees? We, um, we definitely have to figure out how to identify the obstacles. Um, A lot of challenges that I faced initially um, as CIO was uh, there was a huge uh, morale issue. Morale was down really low. Um, People weren't excited about coming to work. Um, There was a lot of distrust between different teams. Uh, So one of the first things I had to do was really figure out a way of how do I identify these issues or obstacles um, how do I improve the communication? And it was really 
the first step was, number one, identify how every individual contributes to the overall strategic plan or mission of the organization. Um, one of the next steps I had to do was, uh, really, and this is one of the things I found um, uh, from Jim's Collins Good to Great is, um, really structuring the organization, making sure we have the right people in the right place. And that was a big step um, to really improving the morale. Um, but one of the things I also learned, and um, I uh, listened to Dr. Deepak Chopra a lot, is, you know, import people need to have fun. They need to enjoy coming to work. They need to really embrace not looking at the coming here as a job, but this is their career. This is they're over a certain technology or they're over a certain process or service, um, but really finding out what it is that makes them happy. Um, and, again, that really comes down to really good communication, really uh, good openness, uh, being around. Uh, one of the things I, I mentor a number of leaders, and uh, when they job shadow me, they're always sort of shocked by um, every day I make sure that I meet with uh, individuals across all my teams uh, if I'm in town. Um, if I'm on campus, I make sure to walk around, Just if, if only to just say, hi, how are you doing? How's your day going? Anything that I can do for you. Uh, but to make, make sure that everyone knows I'm here for them. I'm going to definitely support them. Um, if they do have any roadblocks or need a door open, um, I'm here to help them. Uh, obtain, knock down those obstacles to make sure they can reach those goals. But it's really communication, being open, and being present. Again, just walking around, uh, visiting the different offices, visiting the different teams around the campus, and just showing that support, showing that, number one, the leadership cares about them because a lot of the morale that you'll see is when leaders aren't really have that connection to the employees. Um, and even if you have large teams, uh, you can't meet one-on-one -on -one with every individual, but just in a group setting, just general conversations, just general talk. And in those project meetings, uh, you'll hear the ideas come out more. Uh, instead of just one or two people um, doing all the talking in a meeting, once you have that sort of community spirit, you'll hear all individuals present at the table giving ideas, sharing concerns, uh, moving forward. But then one-on-one, -on -one, if some are having problems, they're more comfortable about coming, being open about that. Um, but all that's important to really creating that environment and so that it is fun and so that, that you do have those activities. Another thing that is important is having those social events, so just not just coming to work, not just sitting around a project table, but uh, once the project's done or even during certain milestones, just have break periods where you're doing something social. Maybe it's um, at a different location just to kind of create that break um, of that project cycle, but to just create that team-building experience as well, and that really makes it fun. Um, what we have here at VSU, uh, there are some teams uh, that every Friday they may get together and do board games for lunch, or at certain events they may go out after work sometimes. So just making sure that you build that community, it really makes coming to work fun. Um, you'll hear a lot of laughter or during frustrated times. Uh, they're there to support each other. You mentioned about, uh, you know, in the beginning of this segment, the first segment, you mentioned that if you are yourself stressed as a leader, you cannot show it to the employees because they are in a way looking up to you to see how do you handle yourself. Uh, 
Now, do you think while you are in that mode, you can realistically connect with the people by being yourself? I mean, you have to be a superhuman if you can, and I'll come for coaching to you if you can. You, when you have that anxiety, one thing I noticed, um, and it kind of goes back to communication or barriers that existed or silos between different teams um, that I witnessed when I first became CIO, a lot of those silos was because the leaders themselves siloed away from each other. And that same attitude really kind of flowed down through their teams. Or when the leaders began communicating better, that communication flowed down to everyone under them. And so... You know, and that was years ago, and so I realized, you know, the the emotion that I display to people, that's really going to affect how they respond or how they feel. If I'm always showing, if we go through a budget crisis, which we've done being higher ed, we've had a number of budget cuts over the last few years, uh, that was very concerning to me because at times I didn't know, hey, do I have to let some staff go? What do I have to cut? Um, but when I met with them, um, you know, I have to use encouraging words of, you know, we're going to, um, I'm going to keep everyone up to date. I'm going to be open about the entire process. Uh, but I can't show fear. And it's really hard to really connect with people during those times. Um, but at the same time, you can't really show them that, hey, you're nervous about this or you're unsure of the outcome of this budget cut or this budget crisis we may be in or um, the outcome of this project if we miss this timeline, how that's going to impact the organization. Um, it's not about you can't connect with them, but it's showing them that, you know, giving them encouraging words, you know, hey, we're going to get through this. Um, I'm fully supportive of you guys. I'm definitely going to do everything possible. Um, so, yes, it is hard to connect with them, but you have to always be encouraging. You have to always show a positive spirit um, towards whatever that goal is, even though it may seem during those tough times. You have to stay positive. So while you may walk around, Brian, with uh, the the attitude and uh, an intent that you want the people to become comfortable. On the other hand, whether it is timings uh, to come to the office or when you leave or the type of deadlines which are imposed where we start that we have to finish this project by this time and then you come up with a project plan or any other policies which by design are supposed to create stress and anxiety among people, how do you counter, how can you just be nice as a leader while your organization has policies which, by, which, are, which are in a way designed to create stress? Um, and, and project timelines and, you know, a lot of the issues, not just in higher ed, but in many industries, we're having to do more with less, whether that's uh, funding or resources or people, uh, you know, we're... we're we have less, but we're expected to produce more. We're expected to still be innovative. And so that does put a lot of stresses, particularly for large projects. Uh, even right now, we're um, doing a huge wireless networking overhaul of 3 million square feet, and they only have two months to do it, where this typically would take about four to six. And so that does put a huge amount of stress on the individuals. And and we have to meet this deadline that I've given to the team. Um, but at, on the, at the same time, I also paint a picture of why we're doing this, why we have to go through this 
two-month rush to get this done. And so the picture that I paint here is it's not just about improving the wireless network, for instance. The goal here is we're, we're, pers- we're pursuing a higher strategy of improving the student experience. Um, so the student experience for us is making sure students have the resources they need. Um, students can be more successful if we have the right infrastructure in place for faculty. And so everyone understands why we are being put under that pressure to accomplish this goal in such a short time frame. Um, and I make sure to constantly repeat that goal as to this is why we're having to do this. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be stressful. We're going to hit some roadblocks over the next two months. Uh, but they really understand the bigger picture. It's not just about this one project, but the overall theme or the overall mission of what we're doing is to improve student success. And then once students successful, um, you know, we're improving student lives after graduation once they graduate. So I really, when I meet with the teams, I'm not just showing here's the outcome of this project, but here's how it's going to relate to a broader goal of the entire organization and how it's going to impact people's lives. So I really try to paint a broader picture when we have those tough times or tough timelines or just stringent policies that may sometimes require us to do um, 50-hour weeks versus 40-hour weeks, work weeks sometimes. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and discuss about managers, the emotional experience and uh, the, the tenure of an employee in an organization typically is less dependent on what organization as a whole does for the organi- uh, for that individual. It's more many times to do with how a manager treats that employee. So if you as a leader, Brian, are building an organization where everyone is carrying the same intent and the mindset, what are you supposed to do in terms of hiring and then training your managers to be like you or perhaps better than you in terms of handling the employees who are working on the projects? Because you cannot be everywhere. And if a person is having an emotional distress that could be contagious, and it could also bring the whole organization down, organization's morale down. So what are you doing, or your, what a leader should be doing in terms of the managers they hire and they train and groom, which in a way directly or indirectly contributes towards the emotional experience that an employee faces? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. 
You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Brian, so what type of managers would you like to hire and groom or any leader should in order for them to be able to secure or, or ensure the happiness or emotional, a pleasant, pleasant emotional experience for their employees? I think you have to have a diverse group of managers and employees, but particularly the managers. Um, uh, when I do hire managers, uh, number one, I'm looking Whatever the skill set that I'm looking for, I'm looking for somebody who can accomplish that goal or fulfill that role and looking for the best person to be able to do that. Um, but I'm also, I don't just search uh, for one particular person. I really do a broad search. I uh, do a lot of posts on social media, and I really bring them in, really let them meet all of the teams that are part of IT, all of the departments that I have, um, not just the one that they may be over or the few that they may be over, but I really bring them in for a day or two um, to really uh, kind of experience what we go through on a day-to-day, see how they interact. Um, So I say on one part is can they do the job, but then are they going to contribute to the growth, the innovativeness that we have, uh, to the culture that we have? Can they really improve on that? And so that's really important um, for them to be able to um, come into the organization. But I'm not looking for somebody to just fit in. I really want somebody who can uh, bring new ideas, bring excitement to the team, who um, has had past experiences themselves dealing with uh, challenging issues or um, tough situations dealing with employees. And when you bring in people from different backgrounds, um, different um, who've come from different organizations, different industries, uh, what I've seen uh, get created here is really just a culture of, of even more communication, more ideas coming, more uh, sharing of information, but also on a more emotional level, uh, you see people being able to communicate more effectively with people. You see people being able to uh, share things that's going on in their lives more easily or um, do things more outside of work. I see frequently people, um, after I've hired a series of managers over the last year, one thing I do see now is after work I see a number of employees daily doing different activities. Some go to the gym. Some may go out to a local bar. Some may go do other activities. Some go to the movies. But I'm increasingly seeing more um, just sharing of life experiences with people and people being more open. And so it's really important in a manager, number one, for them to be able to express themselves, but also somebody that's not um, has, I would say, like a huge ego or somebody that's very prideful. I think that can be extremely damaging because a lot of their reactions or emotions or decisions 
uh, be solely sort of based on control and power. So you really, I, I really don't, I reject that any time in the organization. I don't promote that at all. And so I think that can really be detrimental to the organization, but bringing in someone who's about openness, but who also wants to hire people themselves who can be better than them. Um, every manager I hire, um, I hire them for a role, but I also want to make sure that, hey, if something happens to me, they can, any one of my managers can step into my role and the organization will continue on just as if I was always here. Now, I'm sure you would have heard about organizations who have tried to introduce nap rooms or yoga classes or other way of um, getting a better control of their emotions and, and become more mindful as they are working towards different projects. Do you think those things allow you to be able to have these individuals uh, get a better control of themselves versus you having to walk around a lot more to just keep them emotionally stable? Yeah, it's like it's like the idea that kind of the buzzwords now you hear big data, you now hear about the customer experience and how in technology we're trying to provide this seamless experience or this sort of one-stop shop for all the services for um, our users. Um, but we have to do the same thing for our employees, so we have to create a better employee experience and and so that can be done, like you mentioned, the yoga rooms. A lot of the top tech companies have these innovative spaces. Um, you have to have those things. You have to have um, what we have here. We're actually creating now a, a, an innovative room. So it's a room that all the walls are just painted in the whiteboard paint so they can draw on the walls, they can share ideas. And so you have to have a creative space, but you also have to have a, a space for employees to relax, uh, a yoga room or a local gym, um, and these are things that they can do just to relax or exercise or get their mind off of things. A lot of employees here, they go walking. Uh, we do encourage that certain times of the day just to get out of the office, walk around. And so it's really about that experience. So when they come to work, they have a relaxed experience. And, um, and studies show that, you know, employees who are happy or who do take breaks or take vacations even, uh, they're more productive than those who you just kind of come in and say, hey, you need to work 40 hours straight, don't do anything, but come to the office. And so creating that experience or creating that environment, it actually increases productivity. And when you look at the very uh, makeup of people, so you are definitely trying your best to get a set of people who are aligned with the organization's mission. They generally are happy people, and, and it is less work for, the, for you to kind of rebuilding their happiness. Do you think there is, a, there is a need for someone who is coming on board, or maybe you are looking at changing the way your organization functions, is to change the people or change the people, which means get the right people on the bus and take the wrong people off the bus because it's causing you a lot more energy to, to keep the emotional experience alive, pleasant one. Um, sort of both, this, particularly if you have a large organization. Uh, we have uh, over 80 employees here just in IT, um, and there are going to be times where you have to take the wrong people off the bus. Um, no matter what you do or what decisions you make in a large organization, um, somebody's going to be upset. You, you're not going to make everyone happy. Um, 
but you have to make decisions uh, that are best for organization, but also keeping in mind that people are the best resource, so you want to do everything you can uh, to support those individuals. Uh, but there are times where you do have to make a tough call um, to move the wrong person off the bus because that can have a cascading effect down, and that does create morale issues, not just in that team, but across the board. Um, and so doing that, getting the right people on the bus, I feel it does contribute to enhancing that emotional state, the people enjoying coming to work. Uh, it also in, in, enhances people's um, drive to be more successful, not just to have fun, but it creates that drive for them to want to do more or want to contribute more, want to do more um, innovative things here at the university. Now, you did mention that about the right people and the wrong type of people. No one, at least to my knowledge, would wake up in the morning and say, I really want to cause a mess or I want to be miserable. So if they are coming and they are coming across as the wrong people, what is causing that? Do we give them the benefit of doubt? And one is to say, okay, I'm going to deal with them and see if I can somehow manage them to uh, work with along, work along with us. Another is to right away uh, label them as people who are the wrong type. So in your view, with the context of keeping the organization having employees who are emotionally having a pleasant emotional experience, what is right and what is wrong? Yeah, as a leader, you have to stay on top of that because what happens a lot of times, and I've seen this happen numerous times, is you know, you'll have someone, and they may be passionate, but they um, may not be doing the job as well as they should, or they may not be communicating effectively. And they may not, and a lot of times they're, they're not even aware that they're doing that. They may think they're doing a, a fabulous job. And what happens is you'll hear people complain, you know, hey, this person's not doing good, and you'll kind of start seeing that kind of snowball effect take place. And so what I've always done and what I encourage other leaders to do is uh, you first always work with that individual or work with their supervisor, make sure um, they understand, hey, what are the challenges here or what are the issues? Uh, make sure they address those issues with the employee or as the leader you can address those issues directly yourself, um, but also create sort of a, a career coach for them, someone um, who can constantly uh, monitor their progress, make sure they are um, pursuing the goal or um, corrective action that they may need to take place. Um, so you have to quickly put in a plan of action um, to really help improve whatever that issue is or a job duty they may need to improve upon. Um, but you can't just let that go unchecked without saying anything, without putting that plan of action. Uh, but also you don't just rush and say, okay, hey, he's not good, hey, he's gone. You have to really work with the person um, try to help them correct it, and it could be a training issue. Maybe they need to take more training. Uh, maybe they just need someone to sh shadow with to really understand how things can be done a better way or communicate it better. And so it's really giving them the ch opportunity to improve by constantly providing them feedback, and 
it may be negative feedback. You may you can't be afraid to tell someone, hey, you're doing this wrong. Let's find a better way of doing it. You can't be afraid of those tough conversations. Um, I see in a lot of organizations where leaders, you know, they're afraid of that confrontation or they may be afraid of an employee that may come back with an aggressive attitude, for instance. Um, so you can't be afraid to really address those issues. And, and it's important that you do. If not, that'll, as you say, um, create a bad situation or create a negative effect across the entire team or the organization. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and talk about mass customization of fun that you can create in an organization because people, when they are having fun with what they're doing, they have a smile on their faces and that's what makes it emotionally pleasant experience. But that idea of fun is very personal. So do we do have to somehow figure out that on one hand, we help customize the work that they most enjoy and we assign it to the people who are enjoying that type of work. On the other hand, you have to roll up all of those work-related tasks in such a way so that the organizational goals are also met. How do you make that magic happen? Let's explore. When we come back, please stay tuned. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So uh, when we talk about the the fun part or having an individual employee having fun, basically they like to do what they really enjoy. And you want to balance what they enjoy, assign them the same type of tasks and the job. And on the other hand, you have to roll it up and somehow make that as a potpourri of tasks rolling up to what an organization wanted to get done. How do you, how do you kind of make this happen? What I've done, and I started this probably about eight years ago, um, and a lot of the awards that the university have received for technology actually came from this. Um, I encourage people to think outside the box. And so what I've done in past, um, 
you know, we have our goals, we have our strategic plans for the organization, um, but we also have a, a small portion of time that uh, we devote for sort of uh, research and development or new innovations. And what one of the things I do is I encourage the staff to come up with the creative idea and let's uh, set out the time each week or a few hours here and there um, for you to really pursue that goal. Uh, the only requirement I put on that goal is that it must benefit the organization or it must uh, fit one of the strategic goals of the organization. And from that, we've had a lot of innovative solutions come out of there. Almost every award we've received over the last few years came from employees who came up with an idea, and they spent that time really focusing on that idea, doing something they like. Um, a lot of the tech guys, they're always looking at the new technologies, want to try different things out. And so I really encourage and I allow that time for them to really pursue those things. I said only the only thing I require is that it benefits the organization in some way. And every innovation that we've had, um, all of the new best practices that we've really come up with or been recognized nationally, it really came from employees doing it. That really makes them excited. They really enjoy it. Um, just walking down the halls, a lot of times I say, hey, hey, Brian, come come look at this. Come look at what we got here. We can now do this with this new tool, or we're looking at this new mobile app to provide even more services. And so you really see that excitement. They're really excited about doing it. And once that project's something that we see that can really be beneficial, um, then the organization will actually invest in that. Hey, let's make sure we get this into a production-ready state. Um, another Another thing I do to encourage fun is we have uh, monthly social gatherings. Um, so we sometimes have what we call a, a monthly pizza party. As I mentioned earlier, uh, some individuals may play cards or board games during lunch. And so we're always doing things, um, whether it's here at the organization or off campus after work, um, just to pr uh, promote that social engagement with each other. Um, and so what I find is, and not just with NIT, it's other departments around campus, um, after work at least twice a week, uh, they'll have gatherings outside of work after work just to everybody come talk about what they're working on or how they can support each other. And what I find during the day is people are more excited about uh, cross uh Working with other departments, uh, they text each other more. They're, um, you see them in meetings. They're more engaged with each other. They seem to be having fun. It's not just, oh, here comes another project, but they've built this relationship with the business units that they're supporting. And so it's really it's not just one single thing you can do. It's really a, you have to have a, a, a whole portfolio of different things you're doing to have uh, make the workplace enjoyable, uh, but Again, the biggest thing I would say is just allowing people to think outside the box and encouraging that as well um, to really show that they can be creative and that they can contribute to the success of the organization. Now, this is more about you kind of creating ways for people to interact, et cetera. Now, what do you do as a leader to, if you have to fight with your management to create policies which are not basically countering what you are doing on the people's side or investing in people. So what kind of policies would you like to see be put in place which will inherently get people to be more productive and get the projects done, but also gives them a pleasant emotional experience? Um, 
a lot of the policies that I've um, uh, pushed here uh, recently, um, for instance, we do with IT a lot of times a lot of our work um, is required on weekends or holidays and and so a lot of the policies that we focused on recently is really kind of more of a, a flexible working schedule to allow them to um, work different hours. We have a, a number of employees who have young kids and, you know, want to do a lot of family things. So the weekends is a lot of the weekends, you know, may cause issues or, you know, really cause frustration. Um, so working on policies to allow that flexible working time or adjustable time during the weeks or during certain upgrades, um, but also having um, policies uh, just for uh, better hiring practices or recruiting processes uh, to make sure that we can create more opportunities even though um, our budgets are getting cut short. Uh, we also have to make sure that we're providing opportunities or have a better structure so that as funding come into place, we already have the right structure so that we can um, support people. Because one thing that happens is um, in organizations, particularly in higher ed, um, you know, opportunities are very scarce, and over time, many years, uh, that can create a morale issue as well, or people uh, feel like they're not valued at work because there's really no opportunities here. Uh, so we have to put policies in place to where we can ensure that we have a, a better uh, ongoing um, staffing resources, uh, but also training and development, making sure that we are investing in our employees, because I really do focus, and I tell the CEO or the president of the university, uh, you know, our people are our greatest asset, and I remind them of that all the time. So we do uh, put a focus on that. Um, even during budget cuts, uh, you know, we try to do everything we can for them. Um, but it's really important to uh, make sure the leaders of the university or any organization, uh, making number one, making sure that we're aligned with their goals, but that they always understand our needs and they can understand how putting IT um, in the forefront, making sure that we are taken care of, that the organization is successful. When you, what's your final message to the leaders who now have a multi-generational workforce, perhaps a different outlook towards what is a good emotional experience? What do you think these leaders who may be coming up are a step-up candidates for becoming leaders or the ones who are currently leading? What would you like to have them? What's your appeal to them to do new, more, or different uh, in the way they lead the organization so that the emotional experience is preserved? A pleasant one. Um, I think, number one, especially for upcoming leaders, that uh, you can't be afraid to make tough decisions, but you can't be afraid to fail either. Um, you have to expect that um, no matter what you plan, things are not going to always go the way you plan. Um, you have to be agile, uh, but you also have to be positive. Um, one of the things I encourage is that we're now in a, a global economy. You know, we competing on a global scale. That's with processes, services, and people now. Um, you no longer have organizations where all the employees are from, you know, uh, within that area of the company. You have employees coming from different states or working remotely or working from other countries in some cases. And so it's really important to, number one, 
Uh, always stay true to your values. Always make sure that the people in your organization are your most valuable asset. Um, always doing what is right. Um, never make decisions based on emotions or ego or pride uh, because that always leads you down the wrong path. But just really focus on um, achieving the goals, uh, but also making sure that you help others become leaders or you help others be- you know, reach their greatest potential. And I think it's always important when you put others first and you really focus on doing what is right, um, in the end you always come out um, good. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Brian, for taking the time here today and discussing how we can create a great organization where leaders, managers, and employees work together in the overall interest of what the organization wants to achieve without jeopardizing the emotional experience, the pleasant emotional experience that every employee should experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. And listeners, hope you enjoyed, got some value. Perhaps you will deploy some of the techniques that Brian shared today and also the mindset which will lead you to the desired goals. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations.